Please listen carefully. Everyone, welcome to Cross the Kana Radio. I'm your host Chris Plentis, and today we have our coach on staff, Dory Fleekop. Uh, you're going to learn a lot about Dory and how he grew up, and get some insight into the hard worker that he is, and uh, find out when he sets a goal, uh, how much work he puts into it. Um, and then we also talk about his experience at the adaptive training seminar. We recently had Kyle Bryant on the show who offered his perspective as an adaptive athlete, but now we're going to hear from Dory who actually went to the seminar where they coach coaches on how to work with adaptive athletes, either ones who have had an injury and need to modify workouts or folks who have uh, more permanent physical impairments and need to modify different movements to their uh, impairment. So I hope you enjoy this. Uh, Like I said, you're going to learn a lot about Dory, his background, and about the adaptive training seminar. Say something. One, one. Check, check. (laughs) All right. Yeah, that's good. Um, Okay, so... Sitting here with Dory Fleekop. I don't think I've ever said your name out loud. My last name. <laughs> yeah, your last name. How many times have you uh, used the on fleek joke with your own name? I've used it once on Instagram. Yeah. And then maybe once in real life. Really? You really haven't used it that much? No, yeah. All right, you got to use it more. Yeah. I should, yeah. But I don't know. So um, the goal of today, I want to talk about like your background, where you're from, how you grew up, how you got here, and then also um, you recently went to the adaptive training seminar. So I want to talk about that too because we just had Kyle Bryant on the podcast and um, we've had to, uh, or that was kind of an introduction to modifying workouts for anyone of all abilities. So uh, I want also talk about your experience there but uh, let's uh, let's start from the beginning so where did you grow up what what did you do as a kid yeah so uh, I mean I from my memory I grew up in the house five minutes away from here in technically Ambler Post Office but really in Maple Glen Mm -hmm. right by Mondock Park so grew up there my whole life went to and that's where you are now mm -hmm, Yeah. yeah back there now I went uh, all through Upper Dublin School District, so elementary school, Maple Glen, senior middle school for middle school, and then Upper Dublin High School. And spent my days playing sports. What sports? Uh, when I was younger, I just played a lot of soccer, baseball, and basketball, and like touch football. And then when I got older, I got into lacrosse. Okay. So that kind of dominated middle school and high school career. That's what nice. Yeah. When you say dominate, you mean you as an individual or as a team, you guys went pretty far with tournaments or? No, I mean, like, uh, that was my main sport. Like, okay. I tried to do uh, baseball and lacrosse at the same time, but I just fell in love with lacrosse. And then that was more of, like, the only sport I played for the school. And then 
the only thing I did like that wasn't in the rec league. Mm-hmm. So it was a school sport I played like on the middle school team, club teams, high school team. So that was my sport, and that's what kind of was the sport that got me into fitness. Also, how so? Um, so when I was a freshman on the lacrosse team, mm-hmm. we would go on like runs or workouts, and I was at the time I weighed two hundred five pounds. And, and you're how tall? Five foot eight. Yeah. Okay. So, so two hundred five is pretty heavy for someone who's mm-hmm. five foot eight, right? Yeah. Definitely pretty heavy. So I'd be me and two other kids who were pushing 250, last in the runs, mm-hmm. last in everything. Mm-hmm. I'd literally get destroyed every time we worked out. But my position was more of like a, I kind of played like a offensive lineman. So it was more of like my big body was good to have, mm-hmm. especially since I was playing with other freshmen who were smaller. So I could, you know, there's a lot of physical contact at my position. So we, I would hit them a lot. So having that 205-pound figure helped me a lot. Sure. But uh, I freshman year, that was like that. But my coach was real big into like, fitness. And I was like, all right, I want to make that jump to varsity. I wanted to try. So sophomore year, I kind of switched positions to midfielder. So it made, made me run more. Okay. So I was just like, I need to work. Like, I can't be the last down the field every single time. Like the play's gonna be over before I get there, so I would go to the YMCA and I would bike like 20 miles, and then I'd run on the treadmill, and then I would come before practice and I'd run, and then I'd stay after practice and run, and then I'd go to the gym. So I literally would spend days in season, out season, my sophomore year, I would just work out for like six hours. And that was on your own volition. It wasn't mm-hmm. like your coach telling you you had no, to. That was, was just me. You playing MIDI and being like. Yeah, and then wow, I wow, sh- I need to be able to actually move my body. And longer. when I showed up my junior year, everyone was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> I was a different person. Like I was coming first in the runs, right? And I was like, like there was this kid named, uh, I remember this kid named Shane, and he was one of the fastest I ever saw in my life. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like a he didn't like practice that. He was just naturally fast. Got he it. wasn't good lacrosse player, but he was naturally fast. And I remember like during practices I would be like I'm keeping up with him and like that's my goal mm-hmm. and I kept up with him Got it. and like from then on everyone knew I was like super fast and it was like hmm. a new thing and it was wild and I just worked at it and that's kind of where also like I found the nutrition part like I would wake up in the morning mm-hmm. before school if I had to get to school at like 6.30 I'd be up by like 5 o'clock I'd wake up I'd take a Rachel Ray crock pot I dump frozen veggies in there and a thing of tofu, and then I put it in the oven and bake it for an hour and a half while I did push-ups and sit-ups downstairs. Wait, so you you took a crock pot and you put it in the oven? It's like a it's like a Rachel Ray. It's kind of like a oven thing with like two handles on the sides. So it's like convenient. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I would eat, and then I would eat like tofu mash because like that's what I like thought was healthy at the time. Like okay. mm-hmm. going to like. My dad was more into like the vegan food items, so gotcha. it was that. Mm-hmm. And then it would be like, I would eat a lot of Cliff Bars instead of cookies, and then I would eat a lot of fruit and raisins and prune juice. Okay, so you had been eating a bunch of junk food oh, before so that, junk food. and you replaced all of that mm-hmm. with, at the time, what you thought was healthy. Mm-hmm. Right, got it. Which was, I mean, in a sense, a lot healthier than what I was eating. Oh, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like there would be days when I would get my Dunkin' Donuts order would be 
two Boston cream donuts, a cinnamon raisin bagel, and a large hot chocolate. And I would devour <laughs> that. And that would just be like, I'm ready, I would eat another one. Like, right. And it would always be like, me and my sister would get something, and I'd finish mm-hmm. mine first, and I'd always ask for hers. Got it. And she'd be like nice enough to give me some. Like, we'd always get cheese danishes from Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And I'd finish mine, and like, be like the next day, I'd be like, can I please have yours? And she'd be like, fine. And then my dad would go get her another one. <laughs> so I'd have 10 cheese danishes. So, so that's a big change. That's a big mm-hmm. switch yeah, in like I, what you're eating. But mm-hmm. so did, was that hard for you to switch your food? Or what, what was that transition like in terms of you're eating all this junk food and now you're eating tofu for breakfast? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was... Was it easy? Was it hard? It was experimental. Like, it went like... I, I, went, I went full swing with like, you know... Most people like have someone to teach them. I kind of just did it myself. And okay. then it was like, I never ever cooked before in my life, but now I was trying to cook. Mm-hmm. And like my mom wasn't showing me. I just went in the kitchen and I, like tried it. And you're what, 15 years old? Mm-hmm. And it would be like, I'd show up to school with like my packed lunch mm-hmm. and my friends would be like, what are you eating? And I'd be like, I'm gonna eat this. And like, it was hard, it was definitely hard because it took my me like my work mm-hmm. like it took a lot of work just to lose weight and then it's still even if when I lost weight there was kids who were the same weight as me or right. looked the same who were eating the same foods I ate before but they were just naturally you know genetically they could just keep their figure right and they were not <clears throat> they were not gaining yeah. Wait, yeah so it was like definitely hard because I was like, they would be like, why are you doing that? Like, I don't do that. And I look like this. Mm-hmm. Like, look at me, I have abs and I'm 15 and I eat 10 orders a day. And I'm like, I don't know, like, I guess you I can't do, what do works that. For you. Yeah. So you went from 205 with the end of freshman year mm-hmm. to the summer of working out. So coming back in the fall. Yeah. So that fall, sophomore year and that summer after sophomore year, I would wake up at 5 a.m. and run like 10 miles in the morning. And then by the start of junior year, I was down to like 145, 150. Wow. Yeah. And I was just running, working out. And what are you right now? 170. Okay, so you're back up. So we'll talk about probably that jump back up later. Mm-hmm. Um, getting up. So I, I also noticed, because now you're coaching here, and um, you you seem to have no problem getting up early. Mm-hmm. Have you always been someone that could get up early? Because you just talked about getting up at 5 and you know baking tofu, and I don't imagine most high schoolers mm-hmm. are willing to do that yeah. uh, or could even get up at 5, even uh, for something that they wanted to do once a week, let alone yeah. you know day after day. I mean, for me, it's more of like a sleeping like if I if I get enough sleep I can wake up at five every day okay so like I was like the kid in high school I'm still the same like like all of my friends know like they know like if it's after 10 like there's something like weird that I'm still awake (laughs) so like got it so you've always been someone who needs to get a good amount of sleep Uh but you're just gonna do it on the front end you're gonna yeah like in high school I'd be in bed sometimes by like eight nine okay and then I'd be I'd be out. Like, I wasn't, like, a gamer. I wasn't, like, right doing anything, like, homework. I'd, like, sometimes do it in the morning or do it, like, mm-hmm. I'd, like, strategize it during the day so I could get more free time. And I didn't, I never took, like, hard classes, never took, like, the APs, so. 
Mm-hmm. I always took regular classes so I could have more free time and stuff. Gotcha. Which helped me a lot. Okay. So I, def- I definitely would have, you know. Were you recommended or were you on track to take those AP classes? And yeah, it was a just a choice that you wanted to hold back a little bit to have more time? Yeah, I mean, I definitely should have. I could have taken harder classes, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'd rather my days were I'd come home and then I'd a lot more fun than, say, my <laughs> sister who was doing a lot more work at home. So, gotcha. like, she'd be upstairs doing work and I'd be out and about having a, a little bit more fun. And your sister's younger. Mm-hmm. She's right. a year younger, yeah. You're younger. Got it. Both went to the same high school? Uh-huh. And both went to the same college? Same college, yeah. Got it. Where'd you go to school? What was, or where'd you go to college? What was that experience like for you? I went to Muhlenberg mm-hmm. College in Allentown. Mm-hmm. And kind of... When I was a senior in high school, looking for schools, I knew I wanted a small school. Um, I didn't really want to go to school. I kind of was trying to like scheme my way out of it. I was thinking like military, uh, not go to school at all, do something else. But then, like Muhlenberg was, I visited Muhlenberg when I was younger, and mm-hmm. I hated it. Mm-hmm. But I was also on crutches, and I was hating everything. Like I would have hated. Sure. Like, I was miserable. And it was one of those, like, I wanted, like, a college tour, so it was the school that didn't have a wheelchair, so I hated it even more. So I had, they Nick made me walk around on these crutches, and I was just not, on a hot day, I was not in the mood. Right. So I went to visit again because uh, we had, like, a kind of a guidance counselor, like, suggest it. Because, mm-hmm. like, all, like, it met all my criteria, and I went there, and I was like, yeah, it's actually really nice. And then... I kept looking and I went like three more times and I was like, yeah, I love this school and apply the decision. So I did and I got in and I was like, all right. And I like talked to my parents and I was like, all right, I'll go and hmm. go for a year. If I don't like it, then I'll see what else happens. And then I went there and I liked it. It was like definitely the best option. Sure. I loved it. And then my sister, like when she would visit, she'd always be like, I want to go to school with you. I want to go somewhere else. Like I want to go to or somewhere and I was like alright and then she kept coming every time like they would visit me on the weekends because it was food delivery weekends because I didn't have a car so they'd so they would bring up food for you yeah they'd bring up my like <laughs> cereal and some some bars and some like snack stuff and then she would always come up and be like alright I love this school I want to come here too because mm-hmm. it had all this like awesome like we were like very involved with like uh Hillel, which is like the Jewish organization. Yep. Like, there's like Muhlenberg has a lot of like campus activities, so it's not like like on the week, given weekend, like Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Right. It's gonna be like three free events a night. Right. It's not like a drinking like culture. It's more of like a hanging out, like going to like a magic show, going to like performances, acapella. Right. Which is really cool, and then like we enjoyed that, and it was so close to home. Like you could be up at my house to Muhlenberg in 45 minutes. Got it. So it was far away, like, that you were, like, by yourself, but you could be home, get your laundry done, right. and then be back on Monday. Got it. Which is awesome. Yeah, I remember in my guidance counselor days uh, taking their tour and being very impressed mm-hmm. uh, with Muhlenberg. The kids there were super friendly. Yeah. Definitely seemed like um, they were very involved on the mm-hmm. campus, which is really cool. And then uh, I just I remember their... Uh, theater program was yeah. one of the better ones in the yeah, nation. Yeah, like a top theater program, Yeah, which is also just cool to go look at. Right, and also offers you guys, if you aren't involved with theater, something to do yeah. on the weekends. 
yeah, it's when I was not drinking your face off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have a really cool like circus theater, which they started when I was a junior. Oh. So I went to their first one. That was mind blown. So cool. Circus theater. What what is so that? It's like uh, it was called. Um, I forget what it was called, but they had a kind of like a performance, but with like aerial acrobatics. So like, like Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, like Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Oh wow. So they had. Um, they had these two guys who were my age, mm-hmm. kind of, there was like their passion, so they like went to like uh, places to learn it, and they brought it back to school, and they got a sponsor, and then oh, wow. they did like small shows, and then the school finally granted them to get like a big show, and they got like on the main stage, and it was mind-blowing, and now it's like a thing every year. Wow, like, you that's try really cool. Out. Yeah, like there's like, like the different sort of like the Russian swings, and like the huge... Uh, circular thing and people on stilts and yeah wow they're just, wow and they're all like Holy college stuff. students like you're like i'd be like hey i know that like that person's my chem class <laughs> and they're like doing like this wild thing and you're like what wow that's crazy it was awesome man uh so what was your athletic experience like in college so you, so you spent high school playing lacrosse for the most part mm-hmm. uh you had lost all this weight so when you graduate High school, you're what around a bucket one a buck fifty? Yeah, I probably went up to like one fifty, one fifty five. Okay. Because I started, you know, working out more, getting more weights, kind of got a healthier relationship with eating food. Yep. Okay. More of like when I was really starting, I was like super rigid. It would be like this is what I ate, and mm-hmm. I would not eat anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't eat it, like I wouldn't even have like a slice of cake, nothing. You were super strict. Yeah. Yeah. And it got me really, really skinny. But, mm-hmm. <coughs> but, um, sort of, I grew into like, uh, that rigidness was the same through probably my sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. So my freshman year, it was just, I'd eat like a plate of spinach and a grilled chicken and like, eat the spinach raw. Because gotcha. there was nothing at school that I liked to put on it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Or I would take it back to my room and I'd have like a bottle of like organic ketchup I liked. From mm. Whole Foods, and I'll put it on. And that's it. Gotcha. And then breakfast was oatmeal, and that's it, and eggs. So I was like, my freshman year, like I was perfectly normal, but some of the things I did was weird. Like looking back, my fresh, my first, uh, one of my first workouts at Muhlenberg, I was on the grass in the football field, and I was like, I'm gonna do 400 or 600 yards of bear crawls. <laughs> and so I do in these bear crawls and it's really hot it's still the summer and I burn the palms of my hands off so the skin is just like I just ripped the skin off and there's just like a huge like gash on both of my palms and I'm like oh my gosh because it was more of like a, I was doing it and I was like keep going like don't stop mm-hmm. so I should have stopped when I started getting hot and bubbly and ripping but I kept going so I'm done this workout I'm like <clears throat> oh my gosh what and I don't have like anything to do, so I have like a, one of my friends. I'm like, can you help me like clean my hands? So like, she helped me clean my hands, and I was like, we should dump alcohol on it. Like, let's put hand sanitizer to sanitize it. So she's like, okay. So she like dumps hand sanitizer, and I'm like yelling in the middle of the hallway, and everyone's like, what's happening? I'm like, oh, I burned my hands. So the next like two weeks, everyone knew me as the kid who walked around with duct tape on my hands because I didn't have band-aids so I just put paper towels and then duct tape and then I would go to the gym that way and 
hurt for like three weeks a month <laughs> and then I still like it took so long to heal but I still just kept working out through it and I was just like people like I would meet people and they would be like hey I saw you doing this really weird thing at the gym like you had chains on your neck and I was like yeah that was me like I because I was just it was the first time I was in like a sort of a gym with like less globo stuff and more of like useful stuff that like like chains and kettlebells so I was like just experiment with everything it was like heaven and box jumps and so yeah so even with the bear crawls or the chains um how it sounds like you were just playing around yeah um like were you following a routine were you following a program yeah so Like, like how did you come up with to do 600 yards of bear crawls yeah so my freshman year i was pretty i would always uh search go rocks okay which is like the kind of like the start into doing like more functional fitness yep i would follow their workouts but not to the to the kind of to the dot because they're really hard and i was more into it for like a workout stance but i was also looking for like physique wise so i still would stick to that monday chest Tuesday arms kind of deal. Got it. But more traditional. But like yeah, back by strides. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be like even like a morning session. I'd do like a chest heavy day session, and then the afternoon would be like some sort of like run and push up. Mm-hmm. It was most of that stuff because I wasn't like familiar with like snatches or clean. So every time it was like, go rock said like do like twenty thrusters, twenty cleans. I'd be like, I don't know what that is. Like I don't want to do it. So I would just stick to stuff I knew like burpees, swimming. I would do fake handstand push-ups, but... What are fake handstand push-ups? I would do handstand push-ups, but I would just get in a handstand, and then I would, like, literally just drop... A quarter of the way down? Not even a quarter, like, (laughs) one-eighth, and then go back up, and I thought it was so cool, and then when I showed up to my first CrossFit gym and I tried to do those, they were like, no, 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 all the way down. I was like, I couldn't do one. Right. And I I was at... I I showed up to do... They were like, we're going to have, like, an in-house competition one of the first months I was there, and... I showed up there and I do handstand push ups and I like like there was we were like judging each other and I couldn't do one and I was like, mm-hmm. What was that? And I was like, Oh my gosh, and that just drove me. I did handstand push ups every day. But yeah, in college. Yeah, so I wanna I wanna come back to that idea mm-hmm. of things driving you. But uh so where where was this first crossing experience? So my freshman year was just in college, I was just in the gym working out. Right. Sophomore year, it got a little bit more kind of outside of the gym. So I ran a half marathon, ran two half marathons. I ran around, like, uh, would run on more, focused more on, like, kind of more functional things. Mm-hmm. That was really helpful. Got in the pool a lot. Do you remember your times for the half marathons? I think my half marathon, my first one was like a minute, an hour 41. Yeah. Or hour 40, yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, I trained hard for the first one. The second one, I didn't train as hard for because it was a spring one, Mm -hmm. and we had a rough winter, so it was very icy out. Gotcha. And, like, all the other guys I knew who were running, they were like, yeah, we haven't been running at all Mm -hmm. because it's just, like, you can't get out on the ice. And I had the indoor track, which I used a lot at Muhlenberg, but still then I would get so bored. Mm -hmm. So I would just pretty much do intervals on that and that was my training but I got only like two minutes slower which was nice you guys remember 
trying to be I was like running it and it felt so hard but then I like looked at the time I was like oh I didn't get that slow so I was happy right but uh so my sophomore year that's when I started my the marathons helped with my kind of like less rigidness in the food so like there'd be Mm -hmm. days where I had a cheat meal Mm -hmm. and it was so nice to have that right but you're burning yeah because hundreds of calories yeah so I started getting that like you needed the yeah so I started getting that like idea three to four thousand calories probably uh uh-huh so what I, one of the funniest things I did for the marathon, I grabbed a bag, like a like a plastic bag, and I filled it with foods I wanted. So like we'd go to like an event, and they'd be like, here's chocolate. And I'd be like, oh, thanks. And I'd be like, oh, I really want this. And I'd put it in my bag, and I'd bring it back to my room and put it in my bag. Or I'd buy foods that I wanted to eat after the marathon and put it in my bag. So like my training, and then after the training, I just ate the whole bag. And it was so awesome. You were saving up. You were squirreling yeah. away food. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like motivation. Erasing squirrel. Yeah. yeah, so that's when my, like, <laughs> food sort of, my rigidness left, and I started getting, like, better relationship with food, so it wasn't more of, like, a, I can't eat that mm-hmm. cake because it's going to make me fat, but more of, like, a, I deserve a slice of cake once in a while, and it's not going to kill me, it's not going right. to make me fat, just like a salad isn't going to make you skinny right away. So right. I kind of started right. getting that, like, mentality. So that mm-hmm. that led to my summer abroad after my sophomore year when I traveled in Europe, okay. which was awesome. Yep, went all over, and then I did that only because I was doing a semester abroad through Muhlenberg in the Netherlands in a city called Maastricht. So that was starting in the fall. So me and my friend Jack we traveled before, and then we just ended up there, not taking like the group flight. So we took a cheaper flight went through Iceland, traveled Europe for six weeks, and then showed up to have school start. And then when we were there, we, I'm like, everyone was joining like the one gym. I'm like, I want to join a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. So like, I've seen it, I heard Because it. that was just the thing that people were doing and you had heard, or yeah, heard like about I it already. Yeah, I saw online, I saw like a lot of guys through Go Rock were training in CrossFit gyms. I was like, let me give it a try. Like, why not? I'm here, I have to join a new gym anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I go on a search for it with my bike. Can't find it the first day. Second day I find it. And it's pretty, it's not like far away, but it's like. Good distance. Yeah, it's in Dutch terms. It's not far because they're used to riding their bikes. But like for me, it's like, I guess (laughs) like a 20 minute bike ride is pretty far. But so I'm like, all right, can I sign up? And my outfit, like you could, like if I like, now that I know of it, like looked pretty CrossFit-y. So they didn't like. They assumed like I was a, like an American who did, well, you, who did CrossFit, right? Because you were doing GoRuck stuff, so you were uh-huh. kind of in that functional fitness world. Yeah, so like I wore like a hat with like American patch on it, like, right? Right. Like I looked like, like I don't know, I guess like looked in the typical sense. Yeah, of you CrossFit. looked the part. Yeah. Yeah, like I was still like pretty like big, like I looked like I was in shape, and then so they're like, yeah, and like showed up the next day. We did cleans, and like it was the first time I did like cleans, so. <laughs> like, it gave me a few pointers, and I didn't But do, they like, assumed that you knew yeah. what you were doing, but it was a lift that you had never done. Yeah, so I just went through it, and then for the next, like, four months, I was in love. Like, that's f- what my days were. Just spent there. I loved it. Uh, gym was called CrossFit Badaroff, mm-hmm. and then I would just go there. We didn't have that many classes because their semesters were pretty weird, and, then, like, the Dutch semesters, they have like eighth semester so it'd be like we had that one semester but the first part was only two classes and the second part was two classes so 
Gotcha. Like for typical like college students, that was like it was a light. Like it was one class a day mm-hmm. for two hours. Right. So like most of like all the other guys on my trip were like they'd wake up right before class because we had class at, like twelve, and then uh, they'd be at the bar by two o'clock, like three o'clock, four o'clock, and then they'd drink till uh, I guess two in the morning, go to sleep, wake up for class. But then like when class was over, like I'd wake up. I would wake up usually do like push-ups and like make breakfast and watch the crossfit videos mm-hmm. and I went back like deep in YouTube and just watched every single one and I would sit in class and watch crossfit videos and I was like this is insane it's so <laughs> cool and I and I would just spend my whole day at the gym got I just it loved it so while your while your uh classmates were at the bar drinking you yeah. were at the bar bell doing was, cleans and snatches and yeah squats. and then like to like my experience was so different than theirs mm-hmm. but mine was so cool like i was friends with like guys who were like pretty old like they're talking about like 30 35 year olds and i was not even 21 i was still 20 and then like i was talking i was like friends like one of my friends michael was a professor at the school i was at but he was like a on cnn all the time and he was like an expert in uh foreign relations Hmm. And then I had another friend who was a doctor, and, like, these are the guys I, like, worked out with, but then I hung out with them afterwards and, like, did, like, they were, like, take me to cool places around, like, the city, and, like, I, I didn't, like, travel on the weekends like most people did. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people would take, like, a trip to London, and I would just stay in, and, like, I'd explore, like, the city, like, we'd go and, like, run, or, like, uh, we'd play, like, sports together, like, I'd go to the gym and, like, just meet all these cool people, and be, like, right. when I showed up to the gym, it was more, like, they had to speak in English, mm-hmm. but everyone knows English there. And then it was just like, that place was just such like community that it just was so fun. Like it was like a workout. Everyone wanted to get their workout in, but everyone also wanted to have fun. Yeah. And they were so like, it wasn't like, I wasn't like the weirdo. Like they all like welcomed me with open arms. And it was so cool. Right, so even there, there, there was a, mm-hmm. a decent age difference. They took you yeah. in and, and mm-hmm. treated you as one of their own. and. Yeah. And you hung out with them. Yeah, and I learned, That's like, cool. I went from, like, two to, like, an eight. Like, by the time we s- and I ended my time there, like, I was time for me to go home, mm-hmm. they they started doing RXX, and I was already starting to do RXX. Like, Got it, so above, like, so above mm-hmm. RX workouts, yeah. RX Plus, or and RXX. It was, yeah. yeah, like, it was just fun. Like, I was learning a lot. I was staying after, like, they had a lot of, like, different, like, We'd have like CrossFit class, and then sometimes we'd be like weightlifting class, and that would stay for both. Or like, my friends would show me other things. Like I had the my friend who was a doctor; he was like an Olympic weightlifter. Mm-hmm. So he would like show me things like that, and like help me with my squat and help me with this. And it was just awesome. Like everyone would always help me, show me things, teach me things. And they also have uh, a different, a slightly different time schedule. Mm-hmm. Right in terms of classes, yeah. So they they what they run a little bit later in the day. Well, the Dutch are on a whole different time schedule. Yeah, yeah. So they I don't even I think like you can look it on the web like on the web, but they're like amount of hours they work are like per average is like twenty five or thirty for like a work day. Yeah, like a work week. Yeah, yeah. like you can or for a work week, right? right, right. Like you wake up, like their work day probably starts nine ten. Mm-hmm. And then it's over by four, mm-hmm. so like they they never they would never have a five thirty a.m. class. No way. <laughs> when know. was their first morning class? 
I think their first morning class was either like nine, ten, or eleven. And then how late into the night would they go? We'd go late. Like I'd get home. I'd get back into my like my my daily schedule. I'd have like a class at like eleven till like one, eleven till two. Mm-hmm. So I would just sleep and wake up, have breakfast, go to class, and then I'd go to the gym. The gym opened at like four, and then I'd go from the gym from four to like nine. Wow. So. And I wasn't the first one. I was. There were still people there, like that were gonna be there till ten, probably. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So it was. Now you, now you're you were an early riser when you were in high school. Yeah. Uh, and it sounded like in college too. So is that weird or different to then go to a culture where people aren't even getting up till eight o'clock, nine o'clock? Yeah, I mean everything was different, but. It kind of. The, or, or did you just yeah. adjust to it? Yeah, I just adjusted. Like, okay. it was so weird to me to eat dinner at ten o'clock. But I'd go back. Like, I lived in like a dorm, and like you, we had like a huge shared kitchen. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd walk in there, and it was like I was the only American. And then it, the rest would be like it would be like fifteen Spanish kids from Spain. Mm-hmm. They didn't making dinner, and they'd always cook together. Right. And I would be like the only American. And they were like they were like. Why? What are you doing? Like all the other Americans are here at seven or six. Right. Like why you're in here right. cooking? But like I was in there because I just came back from the gym, so I had to cook my meal, and eat, and go to sleep. So. Gotcha. And then, me waking up, like I woke up, like on the weekends when I wanted to run, I'd be I wake up pretty early. Mm-hmm. But, other than that, it was. You so know, you didn't stick with your, what your high school friends mm-hmm. knew you to be or college friends knew you to be as asleep by 10 o'clock yeah you were you adjusted to the culture yeah like 11 got it and then it was all it's because the time difference so i'd wake up and then if it was like a monday i'd always watch the eagles game oh so the sunday eagles (laughs) game would be on monday morning so i had like i had like a schedule and then i'd be able to like talk to my family yep in the morning as well so yeah cool so that was uh that sounded like a pretty intense introduction and um uh, kind of crucible of CrossFit, like yeah. it was pretty intense, but it sounded like it was uh, it was worthwhile. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. Cool. Like I still, I know I've told you this before, but I still like when I was first starting that, I'd still stick to the, I still wanted the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday breakdown of body parts, chest, thighs, back, mm-hmm. and it's so it'd be like I do a crossfit workout and then it'd be like Mondays, so like all right, got a bench. Gotcha. But I started like. By the end, it started like going away because I started feeling like there's no need for my bench to be only on Mondays. Like mix it in, mix a workout in with it. And I started like really like getting the full CrossFit like training philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was fighting it at first, but then I started like letting it come in, which was good. So junior year, you're away uh, in the Netherlands. Did you learn Dutch? Uh, no, I learned a few words. I forget them already. <laughs> yeah, you do so. Everyone some speaks English words. there. Yeah, like, okay. So you got away with. And there's and that city is like on the border of uh, Belgium and Germany. Like, right. There's I could walk into Germany. I could walk into Belgium. Mm-hmm. So there's people from all over the world just living there. Right. So everyone just spoke English. It was like the common language, which was nice. Cool. So you get back and you spend spring semester in. At Muhlenberg. Yeah. Spring semester. Um, and then summer, 
between junior and senior year and then senior year. When do you get your level one? So I get my level one May of senior year. May of senior year. So the end of senior year. And you, and um, I remember when you were emailing mm -hmm. with me, you had also had some uh, eye yeah. correction or eye surgery, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I had that in December, winter break. Of senior year. Of senior year, yeah. Got it. So when you get back from, from the Netherlands, you continue CrossFit. Mm -hmm. But I do it at, well, I do it for a month at a CrossFit gym around here. But I just, like, the workouts were fine, the equipment was fine, but the community feeling, like, the feeling I had in the Netherlands just wasn't there. Gotcha. So I did a month, and then I was, like, didn't really want to, didn't really stay there. Right. So then it was more doing workouts at the YMCA, okay. doing workouts at uh, Muhlenberg's gym. So mm -hmm. I'd be, like, trying to, like, where monopolize would you get, where, space. Where would you get gym. workouts from? Dot com? Or, uh, yeah, I do CrossFit.com. I'd make up my own. Mm -hmm. I'd go to like Batteroff's page, and they post their workouts. I would do some of their workouts. Gotcha. And then, I mean, it was it was a lot different. Like, it was hard, like I guess it was harder to train at Muhlenberg because, as a junior, I was still like the one thing I hated was, you know, you go in there and I'm like trying to clean heavy, but my one clean heavy is like a warm-up for the big football players. Oh, uh, okay. So like sometimes I'd be in so there So the athletes them. were using the same gym mm -hmm. as students? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So like, and, and like I knew like in my head like it was okay, but sometimes it just like gets in your head when you're trying to lift heavy. And like I remember sure, one time, sure. I usually go to the gym late at night because that means I can get more space to like do a workout. Because mm -hmm. if I go there at like three to five, it's packed like, only thing you can be doing is like bicep curls and bench, like, and then you're like swerving between people. So, I'd go at like at night after class or like in the afternoon or like late afternoon, try to get it when no one's there. So, because it's a pretty small gym if you've seen it, yeah. Gotcha. And so that was just that was kind of it was kind of hard to get used to working out in the gym, and then the guy who ran the gym despised like. The fact that I like people would do anything that wasn't like traditional, traditional, like yeah. So you were doing probably kipping pull-ups or butterfly pull-ups, yeah, like, and so not my junior, but my senior year, I came back and my junior after my junior year, I started getting things in my garage gym so I could do crossfit in my in my house. So I made a little ship, a little middle, a little, little purchase of a kettlebell, mm -hmm. a barbell, no, not a barbell, a wall ball, mm -hmm. twenty-pound rogue ball. A pair of rings and a jump rope, and that's all I had. So then, the essentials. Yeah. So I got those, and then that was my garage gym for the summer, mm -hmm. junior to senior year, that I also took with me to camp. And then, so then I also got a sh chalk because you know I needed chalk to do kettlebells, rings. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, you can't do anything without chalk. So I took that back to Muhlenberg, and then I was. Like, there was this guy, like, he was anti-chalk, anti-me doing anything. So, like, there's a work I was doing Ryan, the hero wad, mm -hmm. where you do, uh, I think it was seven rounds of, or, yeah, seven rounds of 
seven bar muscle ups and uh, 21 burpees. So of course I'm having chalk in my hands to do muscle ups on that <laughs> pull up bar that weren't wasn't meant for muscle ups at all because mm-hmm. it rips up my hands. And I'm doing muscle ups and he like comes up and he's like, you cannot be using chalk in here. And every time like every time I use, try to use just a little bit of chalk, he'd run up to me and like freak out and say I wasn't allowed to use chalk. And I was like, but my hands were slipping like I like it's not like a it's like not like a yeah it's, it's, it's a probably safety. like a chrome bar that's super slippery yeah so yeah. like and then like like barbell movements I'm like if I'm snatching and the that my hand slips then that's a safety hazard like I'm not using like a quality bar here so that just transitioned to me going even later at night when mm-hmm. no one was there mm-hmm. just so I can get even better workouts in and get more of the gym to myself got it so you're doing workouts at Muhlenberg uh in the summers you're at camp mm-hmm. so talk about that and talk about the the kids that you're working with and how you kind of incorporated the um the crossfit all of the crossfit into camp yeah so i spent my i guess 07 was my first year as a camper and it's a camp up in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It's called Pinemere. So it's an overnight uh, Jewish camp. And it's really small, like 200 kids, probably less. Um, but really homey. Like, and not like those sleepaway camps where kids have phones. Like, this is like I slept in a tent, like mm. in an old military tent that was used for like base camp. And you're talking about like, bathrooms and showers that are like super old and no electronics and you're just out in the woods like your day consists of playing sports and then going to do other activities throughout the day and hmm. there's no like air conditioning like there's not one place I camp has air conditioning besides the health center but besides that it was just rough and tough camp that it's cool that's good it was just awesome so then I went through their whole like camper to counselor mm-hmm. kind of mode and did my I was counselor and then I eventually became like the sports supervisor which is like kind of in charge of kind of the sports area mm-hmm. so you're in charge of all the count like when I was a counselor I was a sports specialist so yep. I was like in charge of running sports classes throughout the day and then when you're the sports supervisor in charge of those counselors and then like all the other things like the equipment the facilities kind of doing special events, the teams, because we have like, we'll send like a basketball team somewhere, kind of working with other camps to plan right. uh, games, kind of like supervising everything, but also you're also just like a supervisor. So, yep. you know, like emergency protocol, whatever. Like, so I did that for two summers. And my first summer, that was my first summer with my like garage gym stuff. So that was my summer after my junior year. It was my first summer as a supervisor. So I brought like my kettlebell, my ball, my rings to. Oh, you brought your personal stuff up yeah, to camp. Yeah, to camp. Yeah, and that was like the first time like people would see like CrossFit, and like. And that was you working out for yourself. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Were you were incorporating this stuff into the kids stuff, into the programming for yeah, kids? Yeah. So uh, we didn't. We had a few. Um, we had a, the ninth graders mm-hmm. have a, sort of like a triathlon every year. 
Okay. So I decided to switch it, and I got like permission to switch it to the Pioneer Games. So I had them because uh, nice. instead of doing like the um, like triathlon, just like horrible, you're like on this old old bike mm-hmm. that breaks. So like. Yeah, they're up, not on these uh, specialized yeah, and like, $6,000 road bikes. Yeah, these yeah. are mountain bikes that were donated probably like 15 years ago, and like we get them like fixed every year, so they're not like, like I ride them around too. Like, And then this past summer, my genius idea was to take one for myself so I can just ride around camp, which was, I, I took the best one, rode around camp, so I was <laughs> always like, I could be one part of camp, and like, instead of like taking a 10-minute walk, it would be like in two minutes. It was awesome. But uh so like, I knew what these kids like. I knew like kids didn't want to like get on these bikes to do like a three mile bike ride that turns into you pushing right. the bike uphill because right. the bike sucks. And then like, get in the water for like the lake. Mm-hmm. And it's like gross water. Mm-hmm. And do a swim on there. And then do like a hot run. So like and then like training philosophy wise, it was like I know like why don't we get these kids doing some more CrossFit style because that's right. what I believe is the best training methodology. Right. So I had switched it to the CrossFit Games at Pine Mirror, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. If like, CrossFit HQ is listening to this, he really means the Pine Mirror Games. Pine Mirror Games, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, just to get these kids involved, and it was I was only doing CrossFit for I guess uh, less than a year before I was. Right, and you had not taken your level one by the, by this point. It was the following year. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So what kind of events did you have the kids do? Yeah, so I had we'd have them do like partner uh, runs and kind of like partner A runs while partner B does some sort of a work, and then they switch off or like we'd have them uh, run up and down the hill with push-ups, and then have them do like twenty-one, fifteen, nines, and like we didn't, I didn't get to have, I didn't get them every day, so I got them like around like three times a week, mm-hmm. and it was only we only got them, I only got them for forty-five minutes, so gotcha. it was like. We'd do them like pretty fast, and sometimes we'd have um, uh, we have like these mats for roller hockey. So like we do like burpees over it, and then like pick them up and stuff like that. And we did like swims, and then we do like a swim event where we swam onto the from the beach into the water, mm-hmm. come back, do 21 burpees, swim again, do 15 burpees. And I remember doing that on visiting day. So we had like them doing it, and it was it was on alumni day, so it was, like. All the alumni that like my friends are walking by and they're like, like, what are they, what are they doing there? And I'm like, dude, they're getting their workout in, <laughs> and they're like, awesome. And I was like, yeah. And then, uh, so that's what I did that summer. And then, did you have resistance from the campers? Were they? No, some of them loved it. Okay. So we had there was like 30 campers, mm-hmm. and like some of the counselors did it with them too, just to get workouts in. Okay. So then, was this mandatory for the campers to do? Mm-hmm. But okay. it wasn't like we're not gonna like force them. Like if they say I'm not doing this, like gotcha. can't like so force them to do it. But yeah. Were Were there any campers that were like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. I don't. Yeah. Wanna so we had at first we had a few campers like, um, because these are high schoolers, right? Or around that about age? to be high schoolers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like we had a few campers who like loved it because they were the kids who parents were like, you need to run this summer because you're going to high school sports and your coach wants you to run. So gotcha. they were like. Yes, this is perfect. I want this. Okay. And then we had a few that like just like the atmosphere, like like the working out. It was fun for them. Mm-hmm. We had a few like that did CrossFit at home with their families. So like they did their CrossFit Kids course, and then they would do like 
workouts with their parents, so they were like familiar with it. And oh, so had, they already knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then okay. we had a few who like were out of shape and didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But then like the coolest thing happened. Like they would fight it. Like the, we had two, two or three that would fight it hard. Mm -hmm. But by the end, like I want like two of them of the three were like into it, and they they'd come up to me and be like, "Dory, like, can I do some extra work?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man." And like they were just getting into it, and like yeah, complete turnaround. Uh huh. And they were, like, it's cool. It took them like a little bit, like of resistance. It was like, it wasn't like a fact that they didn't want to do it, but it was more of like a, it's hard. Sure, it's hard like, work. The one I remember, one just was like, "This is too hard," because we were run up, up and down the this path, this like gravel path, and I was like, "Hey, look, it's hard, but you'll it'll get easier, and you'll get better at it." And he like really struggled with it, but then soon it was like he was like trying to do clapping push-ups in the middle of the night, and like I'd hear this like noise, and I like walk into his bunk, I'm like, "What the heck is going on in here?" And, There'd be the lights and like three of them are on the floor trying to do clapping push-ups. I'm like, you guys doing, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> we're trying to do clapping push-ups. I was like, all right, let's do some clapping push-ups. That's, like, that's something you would have done at their age. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just awesome to see some of these like 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds yeah. just take it upon themselves. Right. And then that next summer, the summer after my senior year, so this past summer, I did a more of like a larger scale. Mm -hmm. So we had... Even we got like kind of the camp invested in a little bit of like materials for the counselors. So we had like an actual like it was an old bathroom. So mm -hmm. it was probably the size of like the room we're in now, plus a little like another part of it with just a, a squat rack and a old bench mm -hmm. and with a toilet. Like it, it was a toilet in the bed <laughs> with no lights. So that was our weight room, and then we got lights. And then, like, some dumbbells. So we had 50 pounds, like, a set of 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. So that was our counselor weight room. So I'd get, like, counselors in there doing workouts, getting them, like, putting them through workouts. This was after my level one, so. Got it. That's definitely, it's, like, it was good practice. Yeah. And it was just, like, showing them. And then I would hold workouts for the kids. And we didn't, I didn't have, like, a restriction on it. So it would be, like, weekly workouts daily workouts with me and then it was also the kids who were doing the triathlon on so we went we would switch it back to the triathlon because we got some the bikes got a little better and then it was just more of like on the swim side so they can get more swimming in because they weren't going to have their that we switched like the daily schedule so they'd have less time to train right so it was a little easier to do a short triathlon than a workout kind of oriented game yep so but we still had like, I still led workouts, and it was, like, kids came, and they loved it. Like, we had, I'd have um, sort of, like, 30 kids show up. It was overwhelming. Like, it was just me. Yeah. And, but, like, kids were, like, didn't want to leave. Like, we'd teach them rope climbs, and, like, we didn't have a rope, but we had a, I hope, um, we had, like, a tug-of-war rope. So, like, I, like, figured it out one day. I was, like... Wait, I have a tug of war. Why can't I throw it on the basketball thing, tie it up, and hold one side, and then climb up? So like I did that with one of my guys I was working out with. I was like, all right, I'm gonna teach the kids rope climbs. And kids showed up, and like we had 20 kids there, and I'm like teaching them rope climbs. And it's like they're like in love. They're like, this is so fun. Can I try it again? Can I try legless? Yeah. I was like, yeah, like this is awesome. And then we did, 
we played like handball with like a weighted med ball and then we would do workouts and we do like partner burpee over the uh floor mats and then carry it and then we did hero workouts right and then the kids were just loving it and then they would do that counselors would do that i led uh like the morning classes for counselors so like we do a little morning workout and then like when we had like counseling orientation i did like morning workouts to like for bond then mm-hmm. which so was more of like a partner or group workout for 30 minutes which was nice and that was last summer so so <clears throat> just because we're coming up on an hour um so you get your level one where did you get your level one baltimore baltimore okay mm-hmm. and that was because more for timing you were you wanted to get it done yeah and that was i wanted to get it done morning. and it was kind of the closest one in that sure. weekend i could got it and that was december of your senior year even the few months before that you had actually gotten in touch with me right yeah i got in touch with you in december and then i got it in may right because i kept putting it off till right because your, your eye procedure um and we weren't even open at that point mm-hmm. we were hoping to be open that that january and yeah. then i got pushed back to february and march and i got pushed back to you know many times um but we were you and i were talking about you coming in and, and working out and uh, uh, I think at that point you were asking to coach as well or at yeah. least help out you were willing to help out uh-huh. I think that's, that was the gist of the email um, so you came in for one workout but then you were heading off to camp mm-hmm. and uh, for that summer this past summer um, but then when you got back from camp you got back in touch mm-hmm. and you came in and uh, and wanted to help out or and coach and um because we had, I'd only seen you work out once. I wanted you to join the community and you know be part of the community first, mm-hmm. and then we put you through the internship program. And now we're work, you're coaching. Yeah. Right. So recently, you went to the adaptive training seminar from HQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that experience. Why did you sign up for it? Why did you do it? Um, what well, what did you take away from it? Yeah, so um, I originally did it because I first would like, before I ever had like social media, I would just be on the internet. And <laughs> like some of the guys from yesterday's class, when I said the web, they thought it was like some old, old, old dude. Like, yeah, the web. Like, I'd, I'd, you'd use my, I'd, you'd, I would use my phone to go on the web. Like, right. I didn't have any apps on my phone. So it would just be on the web. I didn't even know you could do a Facebook app. So I would see on CrossFit.com's like their journals. Right. And I would see these videos and like I watch like videos of, you know, athletes with Down syndromes mm-hmm. and uh, with like Down syndrome and they would do involved in a class, involved in a workout. I'd see athletes in wheelchairs and I'd be like, what? Like I've never seen that before. Like you don't see that typically at the gym. Right. you're working out at like yeah the Y or LA Fitness or something. yeah like you walk yeah. into LA Fitness you're gonna see guys in sleeveless shirts that say sun's out guns out doing bicep curls mm-hmm. and then some old dudes maybe some doing some weird things and then some typical people in the elliptical and that's it right and you know I would see these videos and I was like memorized I was like what is that like they're like not like taking an excuse like they there's they could easily just be like, I don't need to work out. I can just be in my wheelchair and suffer my life away. But like these guys were like putting it upon themselves to just work out and get after it. And then I would see these videos and 
that was when I was first there, like midway through my CrossFit, like I guess like my senior year of high school, I'm in uh, college. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would see this and I was like, that's so cool. And then I started, when I was on, I kept seeing it more and more and I was like, that's incredible. Like these guys are gonna come in a CrossFit gym, getting cheered on. And it was just creative, like seeing videos of what people can do with like machines and equipment. Like there's no like, like for me, like when I would work out, like I'm very creative in my like programming because there would be times when I was at camp, I, I was bored of doing the same thing. So I'd be like, all sure. right, today's workout, I'm going to go outside in the woods, find the rock and pick it up 50 times. And that's what I did. And so like, I was very creative and like the creativity part of it really impacted me. I was like, that is so cool that someone thought like someone in a wheelchair could do that. Or someone right and adapt a workout mm-hmm. to their abilities yeah right so then when I started getting it like when I started seeing it it was like gaining more momentum in the CrossFit community it was like this is actually like a thing it's not like just a one person doing this one person doing that it's like a more of like a inclusive more of like a broader span of what's happening in the adaptive athlete community I was like I want to be a part of this mm-hmm. so I somehow saw a course offered and I was like I want to do it mm-hmm. sign up for it I drove up to the seminar where was it it was up in uh, Long Island Garden City across okay. Garden City yep and then got there right when I walk in I was like first the gym was huge and like I walk in and then I meet the staff and then of course the staff is Kevin Ogar which a lot of uh, people might meet, might know he was a games athlete who had an incident and then paralyzed him from the uh, waist down. Mm-hmm. So met him and then met Mo, who's also a staff member, and then sat down and uh, got introduced to Alec and uh, Logan, who were the other two staff members. And for the rest of the day, it was just the best day of learning I ever had. So take us through an example mm-hmm. of, uh, let's say, one of the because it was very hands-on. Yeah, very right? hands-on. So take us through one of the workouts that you So did. within an hour, we were doing a workout. And, you know, during the level one, I was, like, asking the workout, and they're like, you're not allowed to. Like, we only do this one workout with the class, and you're not, you can't work on the lunch break. So this was totally different. Like, when I showed up to this, I didn't bring any, like, workout stuff. Like, I, I thought I'd be able to, like, be fine. I wouldn't be, like, doing anything hard. Like, I would do, like, a workout, but it wouldn't be, like, that intense. Mm-hmm. So then we, within an hour, we're doing a, an impaired workout, <clears throat> so simulation, sort of what it feels like to be impaired. Okay. So we did three rounds of, uh, so row, pull-ups, and thrusters, or wall balls. And we did it, the three rounds were separated by which impairment. So we did seated athletes, so someone in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone with a like missing arm or upper ligament impairment mm-hmm. so and then someone with a lower impairment so someone who could have you know lost partial partial leg be orthotic so, so wheelchair mm-hmm. uh, seated athlete uh, upper limb and lower limb mm-hmm. those yeah. are the three kind of scenarios that you yeah. ran through for each round of the mm-hmm. uh, row was it rowing pull-ups and rowing pull-ups and thrusters wobbles, or wobbles yeah got it and it was, it was awesome. Like, you have to, like, you actually get a sense of what it feels like to do it. 
and it's just so simple like there wasn't anything it was just typical crossfit gym stuff mm -hmm. and then we were like able to realize what it feels like mm -hmm. and what it like what it takes to kind of work out like it's hard like it's not like an easy thing to it's like, even just like thinking about it like so let's let's take rowing for example so mm -hmm. you're seated athlete and you need to row so you don't have use of your legs yeah right so, we, so how would you how would you work with that so athlete? the rower uh rowers can disconnect so then the kind of the seat will come out and then you'll just have the pulling mechanism okay so for a seated athlete would just be sitting there and in their wheelchair in your, in your wheelchair but for us it was on the floor so right. we had it anchored okay to the floor and then you it would just be pulling with your arms okay and then for the uh, lower body, it was range of motion. So it was if someone has that injury to their lower like ankle, mm -hmm. like uh, an orthotic or someone that limits their range of motion and mm -hmm. their flexion. So we had the um, the seat not be able to go back all the way. Mm. So it was more you're you're not getting into a full like deep squat and being able to push with all that power from your legs. Right. Like we usually usually do in the row. Sure. So it's the the range of motion is short, and so it feels really weird. Okay. And you just, it's more of like a arm pull. Right. But with it's a little bit of leg power, but that leg power is really diminished when you're doing that, because you th if you think about it, like if your ankle, you can't extend, get into a full squat like that. Sure. In the row. And this this also applies. The stuff that you learned also applies to, so a lot of what people would assume are permanent, uh -huh. uh, permanently impaired yeah. athletes. But this can also apply to people who are injured. Yeah, that's temporarily, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we talked a lot about that. Yeah. Like the word, you know, impaired is different uses for it. Right. Like it can be uh, long-term, short-term, you know, mm -hmm. it could turn from short-term to long-term. Right, It's right. pretty, but it can, it can vary like Okay. Someone with a sprained ankle is impaired. Like, they can't do the workout. Right, broken leg. Yeah. Um, tweaked shoulder. Mm -hmm. Sure. What about the uh, the wall balls or the thrusters? How would you modify that for someone who is missing an upper limb? So the upper limb, it was single arm dumbbell thrusters for the wall balls mm -hmm. and also for thrusters. So there's one arm and typical thruster with a dumbbell. Right. Just pressing it up with the one, which is really cool. Yep. Yep. And then uh, for the seated, it was seated wall ball throws. Mm. So you're sitting down on the floor, throwing the wall ball up. And then you also have to think about the balance. So making sure that athlete doesn't fall back. Oh, uh, sure. Okay. So that's a big, yeah, one of the big like concerns for for all adaptive athletes, but especially seated athletes, was the safety. Mm, okay. So that was a big, and it was really cool to have Kevin Ogar there because mm -hmm. he is a seated adaptive athlete. Right. So it was like firsthand knowledge. Right. And right. he was sharing with us like his experience, mm -hmm. what he expects, and he trains other seated athletes. So it was really cool to have him there. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing we had, we had other the other two trainers were also adaptive athletes. So we had Logan, who was an upper missing his right arm just with a partial limb up top, on mm -hmm. the, like around the shoulder, like yep. a residual limb. And then Alec was uh, lower leg, and he had a decreased flexion mm -hmm. in his ankle from okay. a military accident. Got it. And I have to imagine, um, 
that psychology matters a lot mm -hmm. in the sense of, um, especially if you go with like Kevin Ogar, who's this high-level CrossFit athlete, um, and these guys and girls in the military who, you know, there's an unfortunate accident or there's some explosion or whatever the case may be. So they're, you know, fully functioning one day and the next day they have this, um, what ends up being a long-term impairment, right? Mm. So there's there must be some big psychological uh, components to this, right? Um, yeah. I don't know if they, did they talk about that at all? I mean, one of the first things like in my notes from my major takeaways, mm -hmm. And one of the first things they talked about was that typical cross mentality of RX athletes and skilled athletes and trying to like, do the workout RX, but they're like putting that emphasis on an adaptive athlete isn't scaled. It's mm -hmm. still RX, you know, just because a seated athlete is not going to be able to do squats. They physically can't do them. Right. So having something switch out for squats doesn't mean it's not RX. It's so, like right. that mentality, it's not easier. It's not going to be like... If I do a workout next to Kevin Ogar, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be like in my head, oh, his workout was easier. Like that's right. the, you need to avoid that. Right. Like people need to get that out of their head. Got it. Like the mentality that people do that. Yeah, or, that it's less than. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's the same for our regular gym members, you know. Well, we do that here, right? Yeah. So we use a lot of terms like progressions or mm -hmm. modifications rather than scaled because yeah. uh, for whatever reason the term scaled tends to imply less than yeah right but really it's it's whatever is appropriate for you as an individual yeah so that's something that that we really focus on here um, so that's that's good to hear that they talked about that what were some of the other takeaways um, so just like on the the program side like a lot of that like including myself you like show up to the seminar and you're kind of you're, you're ready to go you want to start a program but it's hard to start a program without anyone so they programming about, uh, like, like a separate group athlete. like hey we have adaptive athlete mm -hmm. uh, class at uh, yeah. 4 30 on yeah. uh, monday Wednesday, friday yeah so yeah. just having like, like like a separate group and the facilities to have it or mm -hmm. the knowledge to do it like having trainers who know how to adapt workouts so just like the fact that it just starts with one like even like a real CrossFit gym just starts with one athlete, like one guy in the garage was doing CrossFit and then his next friend came and his next friend came. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you had 40 guys in a small garage with two barbells doing workouts. So that's how a dad athlete program starts. Like you start with one and you give him like, and or her the attention they deserve and like honesty and they include in the community. And then that transitions into them recommending you and then them helping you grow that program and helping you help other athletes. So they, so they actually recommended that you take that athlete and put them in the group class and mm -hmm. modify just like you would modify yeah, so, anyone. Yeah, the big first. thing was inclusivity. Like mm -hmm. um, having someone as an adaptive athlete, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't feel in a corner by themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, gotcha. like one, one of the major things that uh, Kevin Ogar was mentioned for his seated athletes was shoulder rehab and prehab. So, like we have here, the crossover symmetry, he has his athletes warm up with it, cool down with it, because, uh, like, just not because of, you know, programming mistakes, but a seated athlete is going to use a lot of shoulder because 
like a exercise. True. Like if you were to sub out burpees right. or ball slams, that's a shoulder exercise. Right. Even though you're trying right. to get the cardio effect of it, it's a shoulder exercise. So it's a lot of shoulder prehab rehab. So when he has a seated athlete in his class, and he knows that they need to do their shoulder rehab work, warm up before the warm up, you bring the whole class to wherever the crossover symmetry class is. So that way they're included. So got it. No, no need to feel like, all right, John, go do your crossover symmetry. The rest of the class, let's go on the rower. Like, if John has to go over here and he can't come over here, mm-hmm. bring the class to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, all right, actually, we're going to switch our warm up to 30 air squats for time with burpees every 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, doing stuff like that, like making someone feel included, makes them feel a lot better. And it's more of like, sure. like a lot of these adaptive athletes, it's, getting their quality of life better. Not like most of them don't want, uh, just like most of our gym members don't want to become professional athletes, but they just want to improve their quality of life. Absolutely. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like for a seated athlete, you know, one thing they said was the world wasn't built for wheelchairs. Like, you know, like you're not gonna, like there's wheelchair accessibility, but it wasn't, like the whole world wasn't built for it. Right. And not everything is standard and not everything's safe. Like, you're going to fall a lot in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're not going to see it, but, like, a wheel, someone in a wheelchair knows they're going to fall a lot. So just being able to have the strength, have the resolve to get yourself up and, like, have the calmness, like, oh, I fell. Well, I get out of my wheelchair at CrossFit, sure. and I'm used to getting out of my wheelchair and back in my wheelchair. Right. Which right. Is, helps them improve their life. So they're not as scared. They can go do something new. Be like... Hey, if I fall, I fall. It's all right. Yeah, and so much of that can apply to um, our folks who aren't in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. but you know, get away from that term failing or failure and realize that it's a stumble and you just gotta yeah. get back up and just kind of yeah. keep moving, right? Yeah, like a typical one of our members, you know, a rope climb might be intimidating sure. and they conquer that and it's easy and then out in the real world, like, Oh, you guys want to go for an hour hike? Like that might might have been scary and intimidating, but now it's more attainable. Yeah, or like Fran. Yeah. You know, something at work comes up, a uh, big project or presentation, and people have a new perspective in terms of like what's actually hard or what hurts or yeah. what they fear, or what they don't. Yeah. Um, well, at least it isn't as bad as Fran, or at yeah. least it isn't as bad as Filthy Fifty, or whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. Which helps um, them a lot. What other takeaways, or, or do, are there other takeaways that you have from it? Um, so, the one thing uh, that was really kind of interesting was, especially for seated athletes, but like the getting them in the kind of the uh, out of their chair. Mm-hmm. So, kind of the safety precautions of that. But that helps them a lot because most of their day is going to be spent in the chair. Okay. But, you know, we talk in, like, in the seminar in the CrossFit, like, get them out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like, even any other athlete, get them out of their comfort zone. Like, they're comfortable in their chair, but they're allowed to be on right. the floor doing something. Right. And as long as you have the safety precautions there, then they can be included in the workout, do something different, get out of the chair. Um, like, the other thing that... You know, you don't see when you're on Instagram or 
on Facebook or like thinking about it, but there's a lot of back um, sort of background work that has to be done. So like talking to your athletes, becoming aware with like their needs, mm -hmm. what they do, mm -hmm. how they use the bathroom, mm -hmm. uh, who's gonna drive them to the gym, who's gonna pick them up at the gym, mm -hmm. who's mm -hmm. gonna, uh, what happens if there's an accident, like being prepared for everything, gotcha. um, knowing their medications, knowing like their doctors, just having background work because there's stuff that you can't control as a coach and as a trainer. Right, right. And having that like knowledge and then helping them and yeah, be, you know. be prepared, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, especially for emergencies. Yeah, sure. so just being able to do that. Um, and then the fact that CrossFit is intimidating, like right. for a regular guy, a regular guy's working at the gym, he might show up here and still be intimidated, sure. even though he's in shape and working out, and especially even more intimidating if you're not used to doing anything, like if you mm -hmm. have been, you know. Yeah, impaired or not. CrossFit is intimidating. Yes, yeah, so just yeah. telling them, yes, it is intimidating, but yes, you'll get over it, and yes, you'll become a better person, and soon it won't be intimidating. Soon you'll be the one who's going up to the guy who looks like so scared at the door, like watching us and be like, hey, look, I was staying in your shoes six months ago, but mm -hmm. now I'm here and I'm a lot better. And just having people there, and it's more of the benefit of CrossFit to me is the community. Right. And... You know, a lot of athletes who are adaptive or are impaired, they come from that military background. They come from backgrounds that are tough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they might be sort of have background in depression, have history of depression or sadness or whatever, whatever's going on in their life. But they come in here and they get an hour or two hours of, like, just happiness. And you, it's not, like... Not to say that like you're gonna be happy doing friend, like you're probably sure, gonna. Sure, but they have can forget about their the yeah. outside world because they have to be present. Yeah, and for a lot time. of these, yeah. yeah, for a lot of these athletes, they're not included. Like you could see, um, you know, like in high school or in uh, just in the real world, like you see someone who has an adapt adaptation or an impairment, mm -hmm. and they're like included, but are they really like included? Like sometimes you see like a group of friends, um, but one of them is in a wheelchair, but like sometimes you won't see them as included as they should be or could be, mm -hmm. or even mm -hmm. in the workforce. Like, so you come in a CrossFit gym, you're included, like you're doing the same workout. Like, right. no matter what we adapted it to, it's the same workout, you're still gonna be working your butt off and we're gonna be working Every, your butt yeah, off. Yeah, everyone's gonna be feeling the same and temporary coming, pain. Yeah, and yeah. like becoming friends through like mm -hmm. having friends through like fitness, having yep. friends through suffering, and having coming to the holiday party and being like, this is my gym, and this is the shirt I wear to the gym, like this is my CrossFit Connor shirt. Right. Like, that's just like exponentially beneficial to someone who. Yeah, community, be, belonging. Yeah, yeah when who they could have lost that and could, mm -hmm. you know, be down on themselves, but right. they come in here and they could be regular gym member cool um real quick uh back to what you this is back to you so mm. whenever you encounter something it's challenging it seems like it drives you uh to to do more have you always been like that yeah so you could 
everyone it's more in a physical capacity mm -hmm. so I know like um, it's more like in workouts and like not as much as like it is in school like got it uh, like I knew like I couldn't get better grades if I studied but the drive to study I'd be like I was more content in school in gotcha so this is more workout related. Yeah, so it's more yeah. of like what my body can do. Gotcha. Like I hate when like I show up somewhere and like I think I could have done better with my body. Like, and I'm like, mm -hmm. I could have pushed myself harder. I should train harder. I should do this harder. Mm -hmm. And so it's more of like things that I control. Mm -hmm. So like when it's like studying, like when I know the test is going to be really hard, sometimes I'll study really hard because I know like it's like a game for me, like a competition, like me versus the teacher. Got it. But like when it's like me doing like like sort of like meaningless work, like mm -hmm. if it's like oh I could have gotten better grades if I did like online homeworks and like just like sat there and clicked buttons. Yeah, it wasn't worth it to you. Yeah, like yeah. it wasn't or like a competition. Result. It's got to be worth. It's got to be um, mm -hmm. worth it. Yeah, oh, or the stakes have to be a little bit higher. Sounds yeah. Like. Okay. Yeah, or more of like a. Like, a, like a, the drive has to be there. Got it. Um, and then last question, what is on your bucket list? So this could be, this is a list of things that like by the time you die, you want to do. Bucket list. Mm -hmm. Well. You don't have to name everything or come up with lots of different things. It could just be one thing. Well, I really, really want to um, compete at a high level in CrossFit. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. That's been sort of the drive lately to train hard and mm -hmm. and it's not even training hard like it's training less because training smarter training smarter yeah yeah <laughs> that's yeah. you've been not helping. hammering yourself into the ground every day yeah so yeah. you've been helping with that right which is <laughs> I mean hard to you know skip burpees and do squats yeah it'll be burpees. worth it though yes yeah. but in the long term you know if you already feel stronger so okay. But, uh, and then ultimate bucket list, uh, besides that, just get married, have a, a lot of kids, six plus. Um, Be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, yeah. stay-at-home dad, work yeah. in a gym. Right. Own a gym, have a adaptive athlete programs, kids programs, stuff like that. Uh, be happy. Love it. Lift. As much as I do now, work out as much as I do when I'm 65. <laughs> Travel to a few more places. What's one place that you would want to go to? Uh, I really want to go to Thailand and like Greenland, like some place that's really Arctic. Right. And then also not at the same time though. Not Thailand. No, 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 not at the same time. And okay. I also want to go to like U.S. like national parks. I haven't been out west, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so like Utah, yep. Montana. Uh, yeah. Cool. All those. Sweet. All right, we'll leave it there. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Hey, folks. Thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. 
Also, head over to social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at CrossFit Kana, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at CrossFitKana.com. Thanks and have a great day.